Dr. Bensong risk everything when he used the Quantum Leap Accelerator to travel back in time. Now our team's working to find out why. As he leaps between bodies with no memory of who he is, he still has one hope. That his next leap takes him back to the place and people he calls home. Hello, everybody. Hello. Welcome to Fate's Wide Wheel. I'm Sam. I'm Dennis. And this week, it's O Ye of Little Faith. O Ye of Little Faith. We had so little faith that we were going to get the screener <laughs> yeah. this weekend. So, so here's the thing. Uh, we're recording on a Sunday night, uh, which is not, not unusual for us. But the thing is, sure. we just got the screener like literally about two hours ago. Um, yeah, so exactly two hours ago. It's exactly. 10.09 p.m. right now, and yes. the screener dropped at 8.09 p.m. Yeah. Yes. On a so, Sunday night. <laughs> uh, so usually great. We get We're on, grateful for it. So, yeah, usually we get them on Friday night, so we have a little time to little sit and marinate. But we decided, like, we wanted to watch it. We're excited about it. We want to uh, to dive right in and start talking about it. So this episode may be a little bit shorter than our usual episodes, but how many times have we said that? And it turns yeah, right. out that, 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 is, that is not the case at all um so we're going to jump in here uh betsy is going to step in here you're going to see her maybe real quick hi come a on. floating hand with tea a, oh, a, floating, there she is. a floating hand with tea with the uh with the with the quantum leap mug Spooky. yeah right Fantastic. there i know right it's it's appropriate yeah she she uh she did call something like well before uh well before That's so cool. tonight's episode i'll save that for the spoiler part so yeah Thanks. You too. And uh, if I look a little different, if my setup's a little bit different, we also have Betsy's mother uh, is also visiting. So she's set up at my usual spot. So I'm set up in the dining room. But anyway, we're going to dive right in here. We're flexible. Uh, yeah. First off, we're going to thank our, our our patrons. I say patrons and our donors. I'm You're all our patrons. I'm going to stop saying patrons and donors. I'm gonna, I, right, I, right. I overcomplicated things sometimes. Thank you for our patrons. We have a lot of new patrons this week. Thank you so much. So I'm going to call them out thank as you. we get going on here. Uh, Al's Place, Leap Fan Site, Bourbon and Board Games, they're new. Carolyn, uh, Carolyn, she was able to get in uh, just in time for our last viewing party, but we had already recorded, so we didn't give her a shout out in the last episode. Cosplay Dad, Joanne Bartlett, Dana Bias, Rich Bork. Kevin. Kevin is also a new one. Uh, Kevin Butcher. So we have a Kevin, no less name, <laughs> and Kevin Butcher. Carol Davis, longtime fan. Of, Cheers, of podcast, yeah. happy birthday, Carol! It's her oh, birthday. And happy today. birthday! It's her yeah. birthday. Yeah. So by the time uh, this drops, it won't be. But it won't be. As we're yes. recording. It but is. that's it's. Yeah, it's weird how that works. Time. time. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh, but thank you, Carol. Dex Lower, Dermot Devlin, Barry Donovan, Brian Dreadful, Troy Evers, Larry Ganey, Jason Geis, Michelle Hoffman, Amy Holtkamp, Bess A. Corey, Lady Eternal. She is also new. Thank you so much, lady. Or eternal, however you go by. Oddly specific <laughs> thugger, Christopher Redman, Adrian Saul, Karen Saxon, Mike Stofer, Heather Strabiak. I apologize if I am mispronouncing that last name. <laughs> uh, thank you, Heather. Damon Chigamelli, Larry Trujillo, Stuart Williams. He is also new. Thank you so much, Stuart. Jill Wilson. And, of course, our anonymous donors. Uh, if you would like to become a patron, we have a couple ways you do it. If you want to do so monthly, you can do that through patreon.com slash fateswidewheel. If you want to do a one-time donation, you can do that through buymeacoffee.com slash fateswidewheel. 
And that information is in our show notes. If you are not in a place where you can support us financially, a great way you can help us out is if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, is leave us a review there through the podcast app. And even if you're not one to write much out, even if you just give us a star rating, that helps us out a lot. And we had a few come in this week. So thank you so much. We we really appreciate it. Uh, and of course, your donations and your patronage, it helps us uh, keep the lights on here at Project Quantum Leap and add add new stuff add add new stuff new bells and whistles to our thing and again our patrons and donors are always I, I, I throw it out I, I throw it out all of our patrons uh they uh we are invited to they have we have a weekly viewing party where we watch the show we meet up a few minutes beforehand we watch the episode and then we chat for about 30 45 minutes afterwards about how we felt about the episode and it's just a great time yeah, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I have a feeling tomorrow's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, Thank man. you, one and all. Thank you so, so much. If you're listening to this podcast, even if you uh, you know are not a donor, thank you so much. Um, uh, it, it's just been such an incredible ride since the Revival series started airing, and we appreciate you all so very much. And for anyone that is donating some of their hard-earned money to help us keep the lights on it means the world and uh really really appreciate it i'm i'm frankly i, I get kind of humbled by it you know when we started doing this it was not something that was really on the radar at all and mm. uh so we're grateful and we mm. appreciate you all so very much and i think that everyone is going to be very very excited uh, about oh of little faith the halloween episode i'm going to go so far as to call this, we've had some great episodes. We've had some really mm. strong episodes. Episodes that I would probably like put up against my top like 20 of the original series easily, mm. easily. I'm going to go so far as to say that O.E. of Little Faith is the first iconic episode of the Revival series. I would agree with that. Yeah. It is, yeah. Is, is that your spoiler-free review? Do you want to go on? Do you have other things to say? <laughs> yeah, that's that, that's pretty much all I have to say. I suppose. About, yeah, spoiler-free. I mean, I can I could say I could say a little bit more. I suppose. Um, I think that the acting across the board is is really wonderful. I think the writing is incredibly strong. There's a point towards the very end where I wasn't fully on board, to be completely honest, um, with with a choice that was made, but by the time it kind of got resolved and wrapped up and, and by the end of the episode, I literally, I was, I was over it to say the least, sure. uh, the level of investment, uh, in the episode, in the characters, uh, in the leap itself, uh, you know, a couple of the characters, uh, in the leap, uh, I became very invested in and, and, and was moved, um, by, by the resolution uh, in a couple of instances. Uh, I think that it's, it's shot so well. It looks beautiful. The special effects work incredibly well. There's some wonderful stuff uh with the hologram um and yeah i i just i i think overall it really is the, the first iconic episode uh i don't necessarily it's a weird thing to try to compare you know if i was to compare it with like somebody up there likes ben for instance i don't know that it has like the home run scene in like in the jail cell for instance but it's so different. It's like, you know, it's apples to flying saucers. You know what I mean? Like, it's a, it, there's <laughs> yeah. not a, it's hard to do. And, and I just think that this episode does so much so right so well in a very different manner that it lends itself to being that kind of iconic episode. And I think that 
compared to the first season of the original series of Quantum Leap, where they riffed on a lot of kind of things that we had, like the film noir, the mob movie, the, you know, all, all the kind of little things that they tried to do um, with varying degrees of success, sometimes within the episode itself. I think that this is such a successful riff on on a couple of different genres, really, which is an interesting twist that the episode mm. has towards the end um, that it just, yeah, it just knocks it out of the park. Grand Slam. We're in World Series season, so I'll use the baseball analogy. Grand Slam. Grand Slam. <laughs> yeah, it was. Let me start off from here. So, like I said, Betsy's mom is visiting and we were chatting last night and I did not know Betsy's mom, Marilee. Marilee has never seen an episode of Quantum Leap. Oh, Any episode. Garters. At all. She <laughs> she was aware that it was a time travel series, and that's all she knew about it. So don't take our spoilers away, NBC, but Marilee watched the screener with us. <laughs> uh, we sat down, and we're like, we're watching it on our laptop because we don't have any fancy setup to like cast it to our TV screen or anything. So we just sat down on the couch downstairs in our family room, and we watched it, and she absolutely loved it she said last night we were settling in to watch some other stuff and we ended up like watching an old julia child cooking show we found (laughs) it somewhere like old, like old school so we watched that because marilee said like she's not very much into spooky stuff sure but she really enjoyed this episode and i think it speaks to like the strength of this episode like there's plenty of spook going on but there's also enough comedy throughout the episode especially by raymond to it, yes. it, it, it just totally cuts that out where it never gets too freaky and in order it does like there, there's that bit of levity that just kind of hey, it reminds us like hey hey we're just doing a fun time travel show here this is all <laughs> this is all good um it, and so they speak to everything you said like it was just wonderfully shot like i like just several notes of just like camera angles music just this is the first um if not truly great episode of the series because i think uh, somebody up there like Ben and the Bounty Hunter episode. Those were fantastic, especially in their own ways too. This is the first uh, like very fantastic genre episode of the series. And I think we can, we can see from the preview for next week's episode that we're going to get another yeah. like, really cool genre episode. And I think it's, you know, it's going to be something very different. Yeah. So, you know, you said this was like the first like truly iconic episode of the new series. Like I was thinking as we were getting up, getting ready to record, like I really feel like like this, like this episode, it seems like we're 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 turning a corner into something else. Like it's it just like mm. the series is finding its footing just a little bit more, a little bit more. And yeah, I'm uh I'm I'm really yeah, I'm really excited to talk about this episode. Yeah. 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 You know, one thing I I wanted to say real quick to your point about it kind of turning the corner, I feel as though, uh, you know, we've, we've, we've heard um, that with the way the show kind of got started and the changeover of the um, showrunner um, that, that there, that there was kind of some reshuffling of the deck and, and not in any sort of negative way. It was just kind of this idea that, okay, you know, we can bring some, some new things to bear perhaps on, on the direction of the series and that the first, you know, sort of like four episodes or so, and obviously the reshot pilot 
were really kind of holdovers from, you know, the previous sort of creative regime. And I, I use that very loosely because obviously like, you know, Brian and, and Steven are still involved and, you know, listed as executive sure. producers are still writing and that sort of stuff. But like, I feel like it, that there's, that there's, you know, there was a bit of a shift to say the least. And, 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 and we've really started to see that. And I agree with that comment. I think that it's definitely, we've, we've started to get that shift. So um, it, it's exciting. And, and, and I agree the leap out for next week. I mean, for me personally, I was like 14 again, like literally 14. Cause mm-hmm. you know, it, I just, even with the music cue, like mm-hmm. I, I'm assuming that we're in like, you know, probably like 95, 96, um, um, with, with the blur, uh, music playing and, and yeah, I'm 14 or 15 again. And it, it just, it, it hit me right away, which is really cool that, that we've seen a lot of leaps that are frankly before my lifetime, right. And with the seventies oh, yeah. and, and 16 and thirties rather and, and stuff in 1870s, obviously. Uh, but like, to, to get something that that is so clearly in my lifetime and so you know rooted in that and obviously we'll be able to talk about that plenty mm-hmm. later but um yeah let's dive into spoilers for sure so we should we address uh, i did not grab these notes but you did who who wrote and who directed this episode yes so uh the episode was brilliantly written uh by margarita matthews um again I, I just think she did a phenomenal job um and the director was a chris Grismer, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I thought that, yeah, I thought the direction was just phenomenal as well. There are a couple of scenes in particular that you just have to think, you know, with with what little we know about film and television directing. Like, you know, I've been on some sets, I've worked on some, you know, pilots and stuff. Like, I, I, I get some things, but 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 still, you know, what I don't know could fill an ocean. And so, like, you just get that feeling that that like those scenes owe a lot to the direction, and and so you know, yay. Right. Like that's, I, I think that that's uh, just some great, great work uh, overall. And not in a way that it's like, you see the director's hand. Cause you don't necessarily want to see that, but it's just like, as you're watching, you're just kind of like, oh yeah, that's, that's good stuff. Um, yeah. And the guest cast is great too. So anyway, the boot laughing. The, the reason why, no, the reason why I'm laughing is I just said, you, you talk about like our limited experience, like working on camera, like we've done like more like theater stuff and we've done some on camera. Right film television stuff like independent stuff i just remembered uh one of my few actual like on television you might have actually seen it somewhere acting gigs is i was in the national geographic series is it real which was kind of like this <laughs> paranormal thing back in the mid 2000s which was about the haunting of a bar in covington kentucky nice and you talk about like the special effects and everything at one point like later in the shoot they had to do like this thing of like like they actually have like a mechanical bull in the thing so they had the mechanical bull like suddenly start going while while the subject is like closing up late one night and they had to pull chairs off of table you know like you you put the chairs like on the on yeah. tops of tables when you're cleaning up for the night and so they had to pull the chairs off the tables so they recruited us actors to be the one to pull the fishing line <laughs> to pull the chairs off the tables and i'm like this is a non-union job i've been here for 12 hours i'm getting paid 500 bucks <laughs> i'm just i'm just ready to go anyway that, yeah. that that's my experience in uh spooky film work but anyway but speaking of so we are in are we in covington maine are we in the same town uh, episode they mentioned they mentioned they mentioned that Daisy's death was reported in the Covington Gazette. 
Okay. It's possible. I thought it might have been Maryland just because at the, at the end of the episode, yeah. she, she says that, yeah, he's headed back to Baltimore. Um, sure. Okay. But, but maybe, I don't know. I don't know. That, that makes more sense. Right. That, that makes Maryland. more sense. But we are in a Covington. We are. Right. In We're in Covington. Covington. So, yeah. 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 How about that? Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, right. Owing to the to the leap out in last week's episode, I mean, you, everyone knows that setup, right? I mean, he he's standing there, uh, he's a priest. They open the door, you know, Father, come in. He goes in. They close the door. The nine turns into a six. Now the address reads instead of six six nine, it reads six six six. And you know, things are about to get spooky. Um, again, you know, right off the bat, I feel like the the, the stakes are set in a really wonderful way. Uh, I love. Ben, you know, we talked about this a lot when it came to the original series about the the sort of the fish out of water element um, that Sam has. And Ben has that in spades in this episode. And it's really nice. Um, there's a lot of stuff in this episode that reminds me of the classic series uh, a lot um, in, in good ways. It's not just like, you know, cheap fan service. It's just it, it, it's again, it feels as though that uh, there, there's some nice stuff that's at play here. And Raymond in particular is just phenomenal. What a, what a wonderful showcase for him. Uh, the comedic bits, the serious mm-hmm. bits, the romantic bits that, you know, there's just so much wonderful stuff for him. Um, and, and of course he, he nails each and every one of those moments. Uh, it's, yeah. it's really excellent. Mm-hmm. It is fantastic. I mean, I just wrote like so many notes of just like 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 the bits that he was able to do, yeah, the quick recoveries that he was able to do throughout the episode, and not to not to list them all, but mm-hmm. but yeah, and you know, to that note, to using like Marilee as a metric for it, like she cracked up at every one of those. Oh, nice! Like 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 the, like the quick recovery, yeah, <laughs> comments that he made. I mean, yeah, it got. I laughed out loud a number of times. I'm not talking about like I was rolling in the aisle, but it got at a number of ha, you know, mm. for me uh, at moments, which is great. I loved mm. the the sprinkling of comedy throughout the episode. Um, you know, none of the characters I felt like were too broad, though. That was the no. thing that was wonderful. Is that you, you know everything felt very grounded. I love the way they leaned into kind of the depression era, um, you mm-hmm. know, societal issues and, and and financial issues of this family. Um, you know, I, I, I obviously the interplay between Ben and Addison, uh, it's the least we get of any episode uh, because one of the things that happens very early on is there's something wrong with the imaging chamber and he can't hear her. Uh, mm-hmm. She can't hear him. Uh, they can't, they can no longer see him. Uh, Ian, you know, they don't know what's going on. Uh, it's really great stuff. Uh, I love when Addison pops in, you know, she pops in, boo. Uh, mm-hmm. It's kind of our first sort of lighter moment. Uh, they get into the bathroom and here's a moment. Like, <laughs> I'm not saying that this is the case. I, 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 but, but it's worth just kind of saying because uh, there, there was talk, I believe of like the She-Hulk writer's room. They did some stuff on that show where they intentionally wrote some scenes with certain people in mind, but there's a moment when they first get into the water closet, when Mm. Ben is like an exorcism and Addison's like, keep your voice down. And I immediately just thought of all the people that we have seen on social media complaining about like, you know, Oh, they're not careful enough with talking to blah, 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 blah. I was just sort of like, there you go. There you um, go. There you go. A little, a little, uh, a little I, I right thought, there. right? I thought that that was that was really nice. There's another nice moment too, where, um, you know, he's talking about he doesn't believe in possession or whatever, and Addison's like, "You're literally possessing that man's body right now." Yeah, fair point. 
Yeah. Fair point. Uh, so just, uh, just so many sparkling dialogue. Yeah. 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 So many great. Yeah. So many great sound bites out of this one. And I will say, one of the truly and genuinely spooky moments of the episode is when Addison steps back from Ben starting to perform the exorcism and the sound goes out and there's like a close-up shot of her calling his name and he doesn't realize because you know she's stepped out of his out of his periphery but he doesn't realize that they're losing contact I just thought that was a, a wonderful just a wonderful touch I agree there was a moment and 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 I could be nuts I will fully you know own that uh uh, and just completely wrong about this. But there was a moment during when they first get to Daisy's room um, and, you know, Ben has to start performing the exorcism. There's a, there's a wide shot. And I swear that the observer was not Addison, that it was Janice. And then when we came back in the next shot after a close-up, it was Addison again. I swear I saw Georgina Riley in the background. And if that, if that, if that was the case, cause it was blinking, you'll miss it. Brilliant. And if it's just my mind imagining things, then so be it. <laughs> that I did not, I did not see that, but that is, that is interesting. That would be wonderful. Yeah. Right. I, I, and I, I was, it was because Addison's hair, I felt like the, the it looked wonderful. Uh, but but at, at, it was like, it was, you know, it was the way that it was kind of down over her shoulders and the color of her hair. It just looked different. And it could just be because she was in the background of the shot and Maybe. it was a little blurry or whatever. But I, I had a thought that maybe it was. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, we'll, we'll see. So, yeah. I, I don't want to jump too far ahead. Because. No, yeah. Right. Let's get, I mean, to the first bit of like, you know, the, the first step is, uh, you know, you, you ask the demon to present itself. Before we do that, I do want to just, I do sure. want to throw one thing. We get some really wonderful character moments for Ben where he talks oh, sure. about not being a religious man. You know, mm-hmm. he's not really a man of faith. And I think that that's wonderful because there was a lot of assumptions were made, including assumptions on our own part, because we've talked about it in the past. In yeah. the pilot script, you know, and, and even in the first character descriptions that came out, he was described as a man of faith. Yeah. Um, and how, you know, and how will he balance that with this like scientific endeavor and everything. And I have to say, personally, I love that that they decided not to do that because I think mm-hmm. it's a nice contrast in a way to Sam which is something that gets touched on in this episode, which is also freaking lovely. But we'll get there. Sorry. Before, before <laughs> we get there, there's also a scene in Ben and Addison's first exchange where we're talking about Ziggy says there's an 87% chance he's there to perform an exorcism, and neither one of them can believe that. Yeah. And Ben is incredulous at that. And Addison's line, the machine sent you here for a reason. For yeah. this reason. And I love like that that idea of they're kind of doubling down that somehow – uh, I, I'm still not clear what they mean, like the machine. Are they talking about the accelerator? Are they talking about Ziggy? I'm still not quite clear, but whatever it is, like the machine is the one right. that that sent him here. In contrast with, like you said, later in the episode, they they flat out address through Ian that, hey, Sam Beckett thought that God was controlling the leaps. So, Which is they, like almost the line verbatim. The, Ian the, the, says, the, they say, Sam Beckett believed God yeah. was controlling... <laughs> When the, when the like, this yeah, is when, great. When the first part of that sentence came out of Ian's mouth, I was expecting it to go, Sam Beckett encountered mummies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Sam, I'm glad that's Sam Beckett encountered angels. I was expecting it to go there. Sure, right, 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 <laughs> yeah. right. One time, Al was yeah. the devil. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. No, I, I, yeah, I loved that moment. I love that moment for Ian. Well, I mean, we'll talk about it a little bit more in a second, but uh, yeah, I, I, I love that moment. And I love the fact that they have been able to, um, when I say they, I'm not talking about Ian in this case, I'm talking about, I think the, the creative team, how yeah. they have been able to subtly build in these elements of the technology being in charge mm-hmm. and what impact that might have, what effect that might have. And it's really, I mean, when you think about the world that we live in today, I mean, think about mm-hmm. what just happened like yesterday, you know, with, with Elon Musk buying Twitter and how, or two days ago, whenever it was, and mm-hmm. how that has already impacted so many people and, and the way that we think about that platform. Sure. And yet there's, there's like this need for it, you know, like we still are so attached to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I, I'm, it's becoming more and more clear. And as it does, it really has me intrigued as to where they're going. And the fact that Ian would bring up Sam and God in such a way, and that this episode would be so much about faith versus science and, you know, and fact and stuff like that. And, and, and finding a way to put those two things at odds without coming right out and saying like, this is what we're doing. I've really, really enjoyed seeing that unfold. And I hope it's something that they continue to build to because I think that it could, I I think it could be really, really interesting in particular with the way that, you know, again, kind of almost putting the current project at odds in some ways with the original project. And I don't mean that in like some sort of weird, like, you know, Sam Beckett versus Ben Song sort of way. Like, it's not that. We're not mm-hmm. heading towards the Royal Rumble or anything. But that, but that like, our temporal rumble in this case. But that uh, but that there are, you know, that there are these different sort of motivations behind and, and, and different perspectives. That's the key, right? Is it's a, you look at what, you know, 30 years ago was compared to today and, and naturally the perspectives change. And it's very reminiscent of, you know, like 150 years ago with, with like uh, uh, just seeing the industrial revolution and seeing, you know, machines start to really kind of take the place of, of man uh, in, in the workplace mm-hmm. and seeing, you know, the way that that impacted people's faith in general and seeing, you know, I think it's important too to just note that this episode taking place in the depression about what that period of time was like for so many people and how, you know, technology was also kind of at a standstill in that particular point. It wasn't until World War II when things really started to speed back up again. So it's just interesting. I don't know. There's a lot of interesting things that are happening in a play right now. And I love the way that this episode kind of continues to build that and brings it maybe a little bit more to the forefront than it already has. Although I would argue that previous episodes have certainly used that element as well. And does it in a fun way, not a preach way. So speaking of the era and Great Depression, I I know through different sources, we'd seen the year 1936. Was that ever actually confirmed in the episode? I don't know that it was, to be honest with you. I okay, it was. I missed it. I know we saw some newspapers. I know. I, I, yeah. I, 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 I'll have to rewatch. You know, that's one of the. I think it's just one of the caveats of the way that we're doing the podcast right now. Is generally we get you know one chance to watch it and then we dive in. Um. So uh, yeah, but there is a newspaper. I'm sure that it'll. It, I, I thought 1939, but maybe it was 36. Maybe the nine went upside down. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. We get that, <laughs> that, that little joke there at the beginning. Um, did you see the, like the really bad article that was, I'm not sure what source put it out, but it was clearly written by AI. Like they put, they fed this thing in oh, Jarvis. Yeah. They fed this thing in the Jarvis and they didn't even edit it at one point in the article. And uh, my friend, Stephanie, she pointed it out in our Facebook group. They wrote Ben's name is Ben musically. 
Yeah, I did they, see that. And they didn't fix it. I just I, just, I'm gonna just make it obvious that you let AI write this article and it didn't even go in and Yeah. This might make me this may make me a bad co-host of a quantum leap podcast, but I honestly don't read a lot of stuff or even listen to a lot of stuff about the new show. I think for me personally, I just want to keep my perspective fresh and, and mine own. And, sure. and, and some of those sites are just so obviously not worth I mean, anyone's time. I mean, the um, thing is like, I wouldn't have read know, that article except more than one person pointed out how bad it was. And someone pointed, right. pointed out like they, like they even got Ben's last name as musically. Yeah, but I, to your point, and I was uh, messaging. I think with, um, I think it was with Barry Donovan. I'm not sure, but I was messaging with someone just saying like, I love other stuff. I don't listen to a lot of other quantum leap stuff because, like you said, I'm afraid that it's going to color my view, or it's going to like I am going to take an idea, and I'm going to take it for my own, and I'm going to like. You're right. And I'm yes. not going to give the right attribution. I'm going to like think it's my own thing. So I love the other quantum leap podcasts, but I don't. Yeah. Sometimes I don't. Yeah. And yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you know, sure. it, that's one of the things, obviously, that's been important to us for a while now. And I, I, I don't want us to get too far off track. I want us to get back to the episode. But sure. I think that it's important that, you know, we do want the, the community and the fandom to continue to grow and be healthy. And, and the more the merrier and the more voices that are out there, the better, uh, you know, certainly, you know, to get a wide array, a diverse array of voices talking about the show is certainly a dream of mine. Uh, I, I just, yeah, it's difficult. It's weird, you know, and plus there's just limited time and there's so much going on in in these two tired dads lives. And so it's difficult sometimes to, you know, pay attention to everything. But I I think that it's, you know, like I got my Google alerts, I'm following, you know, all the other podcasts. I'm I'm certainly, you know, paying attention to what's out there. It's just, yeah, I don't necessarily always read every article or, or listen to every podcast or, or, you know, that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, um, it, it gets difficult and, and, and I can only imagine that, you know, it's the same for a lot of the other folks that are out there doing this. I don't imagine that they're, you know, listening to us every week either. So, um, those of you that are, thank you. Um, but, uh, um, yeah, it's, it, it is interesting. I know that there's a lot out there and there's just a couple of places that, yeah, I, I think aren't necessarily worth worth the time. And, um, you know, it's the reason why we're doing our best to stay on top of everything as best we can, because we want to try to bring you, you know, the information in, in our way and, 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 and you know, contextualize it uh, as best we can, too, because I think that that's the important piece that's missing in a lot of the reports that go out there about certain things, including ratings. And, and that missing context can make things look a completely different way. And it's so easy to just, you know, spin things in any way that, that you want anyway. So, sure. um, and it might get a lot easier to do that in the new wild west that is Twitter. So, yes. uh, yeah. but anyway, uh, anyway, back um, to the episode. I have I have this weird image in my head before we get back. I, like because you mentioned that uh, Musk taking over Twitter and how everybody's there and the discussion on Twitter right now about like do I stay or do I go? Like I hate Musk, but I also like I love this public platform that we're all in right now. And you know what is happening right now, Sam? The big corporation has taken over Walnut Grove, and the people of Walnut Grove are deciding: do they stay? And live under this new ownership, or do they blow up the town? And if you get that reference, you're our people. Anyway, so to get back <laughs> into the episode. So when the demon first presents itself, it turns out I was wrong later in the episode, and we'll get to it. But when the demon first yeah. presents itself, I'm like, oh, they are unambiguously going for it. Right? Like, there is, like, there's going to be no, like, well, there's a rational explanation or whatever. Like, nope, here is a demon. 
All right. And, and you know what? I never had a problem with it through the course of the episode. The, the, and, and, I'll, and I'll say this too. They leaned into it so heavily. And, and, and I think, again, this, a lot of this is a testament to the acting as well as the writing is that they, they had me and they had me comfortably accepting the fact that this episode was going to be supernatural, completely supernatural. Mm-hmm. And, and I love that. And then when it wasn't, I loved that. It, it just worked. And I, and I remember sitting there and it was like when, you know, <clears throat> when the fact that they were being poisoned and, and drugged came out, I, there was no sense of disappointment. There was no sense of like, oh, they could have done supernatural and they decided not to. It was just, it was like, this is great. And I, mm-hmm. I, I cannot get over how finely crafted an episode it is. Like it just, that doesn't often happen. I feel like it's, it's so hard to set expectations a certain way and then flip the switch and not, uh, not have some room for disappointment in, in, in the viewer or the audience. Like it's so difficult to do. I think that there are a lot of major motion pictures that have been successful with stuff like that. Sure. But I also think that those major motion pictures usually get like, you know, months to shoot and, and, and perhaps years to write and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We're talking about a television program that they're shooting, you know, like, on a 10 day schedule or whatever. Like it's pretty remarkable. Sure. I really believe that. Yeah. And I will say I, when the poison reveal was made, I was disappointed in myself for not, for (laughs) not not even, for not even (laughs) thinking of that possibility sooner. And here's what I want to say to this episode's credit as compared to the OG. I'm really glad that the road they didn't go down because the OG, they went down this road one too many times of supernatural rational explanation and then right before sam leaps out oh no it's a twist turns out it really was a supernatural thing so i'm glad that they did not i'm glad that they didn't go down that road yeah it's it's one of the things you know i mean i i I think if anyone goes back and listens to those episodes or has listened to those episodes depending on how long you've been kind of following along a, a lot of times those episodes of the classic series were not ones that i fully enjoyed they had enjoyable moments they certainly but but no yeah. i mean i think that they i think that there's no. there's some difficulty with them you know tahoe tap sure. and portrait for troyan and even b-man like I, I i know that there are a lot of people out there that love b-man and 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 that's fantastic i don't necessarily know that i'm one of them i love parts of it i love you know, I, I, I think the, that but, is slander. You again. shut your mouth. <laughs> but but yeah, th- I definitely think that this is def- this is not the case here. Um, mm-hmm. Is it would have succeeded had they decided to just keep it supernatural? Like I would have been like, okay, like I would have been okay. fine yeah, with that, you know. Yeah, uh, and that's and 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 kudos, you know. I, I mm-hmm. think that that's something to be to be celebrated, and and I hope I, I genuinely hope that the rest of the audience feels uh, the same way for sure. For some I will say, yeah, I was um, the black whatever special oh, effect. Yeah, you want to call it that was especially effective for me because the couple of times that I thought that I encountered something supernatural and I know it wasn't, it's an irrational thing, but um, sometimes that I've experienced a little bit of sleep paralysis upon waking up and like there was a figure in the room. Mm. Like it was very much of that. Yeah. Yeah. Very much of that variety. I know it wasn't real. I know it's, you know, it's like waking up and being partially paralyzed and whatever, but yeah, it's certainly the stuff of my nightmares without a doubt. Sure. Like, I mean, that is, that is the type of thing that I've seen in my nightmares. There's a very specific nightmare, recurring nightmare that I've had since I was probably like, I don't know, 10, 11 years old. Uh, and it was very much that sort of thing, you know, at, loose in my grandparents' house. And I can, oh man, mm-hmm. I can, 
that, yeah. that dream, you know, it's been a while since I had it, but now, well, now yeah. we're saying that I'm in for it, but you here know, we go. Here we go. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. so apparently, yeah, that was like in our imagination. So yeah, I, I really enjoy like the special effects they did, even like the first, um, one of the first times that Ben is sitting next to what's, what's her, Daisy's bedside. Daisy. Mm-hmm. Um, when she starts to get possessed by the demon, like her head vibrates and it was yeah. clearly like there was some like camera work special effects. Yes. Wow. I, 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 that, that was one of the things too. And I wonder if that's one of the reasons that the screener was held up uh, as long as it was, as if they were working on these special effects, special this, the special that. effects are, are without a doubt a success across the board. And um, now that we're in spoiler territory, I feel like I can talk about this a little bit more. That includes the hologram special effects, you know, the stuttering in and out of, of uh, Addison and the stuttering in and out of someone else that we'll get to later. But uh, sure. I think yeah. that, that, that all of the um, exorcist exorcism, you, you know, demon special effects worked really, really well. Um, Carrie Metters is the actor who plays uh, Daisy. I thought she was mm-hmm. phenomenal in the role. Um, I mean, I, 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 I don't usually use words like this, but it felt kind of like a tour de force in a way because she has to do so many different things. Um, and I felt like she did them so well. And by the end of the episode, I mean, mm-hmm. she has an incredible, she has two incredibly moving moments. And, sure. and, and there's one at the tail end of the episode that she has with Ben that is just like, again, there are moments of the episode where I'm just sort of like, where the writers kind of doing some of the stuff to just be like, yes, guys, we hear you. Yes. We know the old show exists. Yes. We're very familiar with the old show. We know <laughs> sure. how it works. Like, mm-hmm. yes, but, but I'm, I, I'm, I, I, whatever. If that was the case, awesome. If it wasn't the case, awesome. Either way. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that the scenes that Ben has initially in there, you know, the, the, oh, hell no, the, the, the mix sure. of like terror and comedy, uh, it ends up it just ends up playing so well for me and and again the the, the show has really done a great job of infusing those lighter moments into heavier subject matter and i continue to think it does it better than the original series even did you know i really do You are not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I feel like we're getting burned in effigy based on people saying that. Um, but to get back more into like, like, like the, the plot. So we're introduced to Felix. Felix, was it, was it Felix? Yeah, Dr. Felix Watts. Watts played Watts. by Chido Nukocha. God, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm positive I'm not pronouncing that properly, and I'm sorry. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, what a great character. Great yeah and another great performance again the guest actors really showed up it's, it's all without yeah. a doubt and it's like yeah i mean it's all like very ensemble like no one i mm-hmm. mean other than other than the the actor who plays daisy like they all like just click really well like no one like really stands out as like really really bad or really great like it's just all like as as you should be in an acting ensemble everybody just compliments everybody very there's well. There's something about this episode as a whole. Maybe it could be the single location. Um, it could just be the actor's background in general, the way that it's written, perhaps, or whatever. But it's one of those things that just reminds me of like a really good play, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, this, like it feels very uh, like a great piece of theater. Um, mm. The thing that I love is the characters, though, are grounded, uh, are, are so well grounded. In, 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 and that I think adds to. Um, 
my investment and buying into the overall storyline uh, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's one character that stands out a little bit, it, it, it's probably, um, uh, oh, it's escaping me right now. The brother, um, uh, Charles uh, or Percy. Percival. Percy, yeah, Percy. yeah, Uncle Percy. Uh, he almost had a little Matthew McConaughey Myers. thing going on. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, like a true detective thing. Um, yeah. But uh, uh, but but the thing is, again, I think that that's absolutely intentional. And I think it works incredibly well because he's drunk, you know, <laughs> like he's he's drinking gin like it's water. So mm-hmm. um, uh, and 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 we learn a lot about uh, all of the characters. Um, which is really nice because they get to spend more time in the leap. And I am absolutely not uh, someone who's been criticizing them for the, the leap project balance or, you know, I think that sure. they've been very successful. If I look at the past, you know, six episodes overall, I think they've been incredibly successful at finding ways to balance that and, and getting me invested into at least one of the characters in, in the leap, which is all I really ask for. Um, I didn't necessarily feel that way about the premiere episode, but there was a lot of stuff going on in that episode overall. So it's hard to criticize it for that too much. But, uh, but I think that this episode in particular, because we do spend so much time on the leap, we get to get invested in even more characters than we normally do. And sure. it works, it works incredibly well. Works very well. So let's talk about Anne Contessa. Because from the minute I met, I met Aunt Contessa, I immediately thought of Dorothy Yeager from the B-Man. Mm-hmm. Did you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. I can see that. Yeah. I mean, not even like the, the way acting, because they don't want to act very similar. It was just the look. They looked very right. similar. And so when Aunt Contessa turns up dead, yeah, I was like, oh, yep. I yeah. mean, one nice nod. Two, I thought we were headed the way down of the B man, and I thought like characters were going to start getting picked off one by one, right? Which, yes. on one hand, I wouldn't have enjoyed, but right. on the other hand, I'm glad that they kind of subverted that expectation. Me too, and I thought the same thing. Amanda Carlin, by the way, is the actor who played uh, Tessa, Aunt Tessa, mm-hmm. and I think that um, it, yes, I thought the same exact thing. You, you know, upon her demise, it was it was like, oh, okay, like uh who who's next sort of thing mm-hmm. and the fact that there wasn't a next um was a nice subversion and that's the thing that the episode does so well it sets up a lot of wonderful things and then it subverts them sometimes just ever so slightly and it really really worked for me um you know even with the maid uh, uh magda uh, played mm-hmm. by colleen foy uh, another great character another wonderful performance in the episode I, I feel like that there are some things that get set up with her uh and and it kind of i, I was leaning towards like oh she and percy have something going going on and they're trying mm. to you know work some work an angle here when we kind of find out about the the, the whole poisoning thing and yeah. the fact that they kind of subverted that was wonderful i loved yeah. it and i love like the fact that she put the dead fish under her bed and then of course it plays into sure. her beliefs and again uh-huh. examining the faith and doing this really wonderful thing where like to bring that to bring in another faith, to not have this just be like a Christian, you, you know, Catholic kind of bent on all of this, to then bring in Judaism in that way, I thought was really wonderful. And I thought just played mm-hmm. really well. And it played really well too, to like the, you know, the different class system set up and the fact that like, you know, she's likely a Jewish immigrant uh, yep. and and here she is, she's got to be the maid. And, you know, mm-hmm. whereas we've got this Catholic family that's got a lot of money. And, and again, there's just, there's a lot of really wonderful social commentary at play here, specifically like related to that era, which I think, again, adds to the success of the episode. Absolutely. And you know what else they did? They didn't have Magda be dead at the end of the episode. 
That's right. Turn out to be a ghost. Turn out to be a ghost the entire time. Somewhere around in here. So we get, um, so after uh, Antessa's death, uh, Felix is starting to believe. And I love the scene between him and Raymond. And Raymond says the thing like, you know, you know, in school that I learned, you have to like examine all the variables, whatever. And and Felix was like, they taught, not in seminary or whatever he said, but basically like they taught you that in Catholic school. I love Raymond's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Vatican, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Vatican. Yes. He's so good. And the thing is... Raymond Lee, like like the way he... Like, yeah, every recovery of his... Yeah. And he's able to take you on, like, these little journeys within... Mm -hmm. And it's such a... It's it's such a wonderful... It reminds me of a way uh, of Martin Freeman. Um, And and, and the reason why I bring him up is because I I just remember... (laughs) Such a nerdy thing. They're not great movies by any stretch. He said on a Quantum Leap podcast. Uh, but they're but they're remarkable, right? But they're <laughs> yeah. pretty remarkable in their own way. But in the Hobbit films and some of the behind-the-scenes documentaries, Ian McKellen, he talks specifically about Martin Freeman's acting. And it's really lovely, some of the things and compliments that he has to say about him. And it, and it really spun me off into any time I see Martin Freeman in anything, I'm, I'm watching along. I watched Fargo uh, over the summer when I had COVID. Ugh, that sucked. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, and, and that was another great example. Sherlock is another great example. He has this wonderful way of taking you on these journeys within a moment sometimes with only his eyes or just a little you know a twitch of, of the mouth or something like that and, and and the thing is is it would be so easy to try to break that down into some sort of technique but it's not technique there's no artifice here it's just literally they they're going on that journey in a very honest way mm-hmm. and they they're just doing they're behaving and 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 i think that yeah martin is so wonderful at that and raymond does that as well you know it's something like um again we've heard him we, we we've heard him at times referred to or compared to tom hanks and the thing is is it's like yeah I mean, Tom does that stuff too, where it's like, you Mm -hmm. just, all you got to do is put a camera on him, just put a camera on him and something's going to happen and you're going to like it. And Raymond's got that quality and it's really wonderful. And there, there's some scenes that he has um, with the mirror image later that are so good. And kudos Mm -hmm. to the mirror image as well. Like kudos to the actor playing the mirror image who we mistakenly thought was Chris Rupenthal. You know, every once in a while we get stuff colossally wrong and that was colossally wrong. Um, but, uh, yeah, I thought that that mirror stuff was, was really wonderful. Uh, and, and, I enjoyed and, that so much. And, and here's the thing, um, you know, we've talked about before on the podcast, like in the old series, like when we see the mirror image, I would love if they actually started utilizing, utilizing the actor and that when you see Ben talk and you see the mirror image, like you actually hear the mirror images voice and I'm sure for various reasons and, uh, our friend Lauren on Twitter, like she DM'd us this week and like gave us some insight and in, like how they have to pay the actors differently where they actually speak versus if they don't speak what the mirror image does. And this is something we talked about before that we suspected. Then, yeah, it puts them up into a different great pay grade and they got to pay them more. And that's and that's why I really wish NBC would just cough up the money. And if the writers <laughs> do think that viewers aren't going to get it, just trust the viewers. I would love to see them when we see the mirror image move their mouth. I would love the mirror image actor to actually speak and it would work so wonderfully well. I had my issues with the the second season of Russian doll, but Mm. Russian doll we've talked before is very quantum leap inspired and they were not afraid to use the other person's voice, use the other person for different camera angles when they were showing like different people's point of view. And I would love that. 
I, I think that that would be really, really cool uh, as well. And, and, and whether or not it's feasible for whatever reasons, whether it's, you know, financial or, or, or whatnot, I'm fine if it doesn't happen, but yes, it would be really cool if it does happen. Um, I, you know, I wonder too, is it like, do you now, now that you've kind of almost set this precedent in a way, it's like, do you kind of break something if you, if you redo it in a different way later on down the road? And I don't think so, but I, I mean, I guess it's worth bringing to bear now because we've seen this type of thing. Um, sure. But, but uh, I, I don't disagree with you. Uh, I recently over the past couple of days, I've been a little under the weather and uh, uh, had, had a little time since we, you know, got the screeter late. Uh, I just watched uh, Queer for Fear uh, on Shudder, which is this wonderful four-part documentary series that Brian Fuller produced. Um, and it talks about the history of um, queer representation in horror films and and and, and also about uh, how, uh, you know, characters were coded at times um, and, and, you know, and films were, you know, coded in such a way that, um that there was a, a you know that there, there was just an attachment um um to to these films uh, by the queer community and so uh seeing uh the co-creator or creator rather of Russian doll uh, talk at, at like during the course of that uh you know just reminded me that I really need to see that show it's also a great way for me to recommend that the documentary series because I think it's phenomenal and mm-hmm. there's some really wonderful things. The first two episodes in particular are just are stunning, just stunning. You, you know, really the the way that they they go in depth um, about literature, um, about you know queer creators being kind of at the helm for for so much of, of early horror, um, and and how it gave them the opportunity to speak in ways that they were unable to. Um, you know, in other venues and so so it was just yeah, it's it, it's it's wonderful. Anyway. Um, sure. No, I, I don't disagree. I think that the interesting thing is here too, they're talking about the way that Ben is seen or not seen or heard or not heard over the course of this episode is is also important, I think, thematically and plot-wise to the episode. Uh, because one of the things that happens right off the bat when he sees Daisy that we've neglected to mention earlier is that Daisy looks at him and says, you're an angel sent mm-hmm. here for me, which mm-hmm. leans in, you know, of course, to some of the stuff that, from the classic series where, you know, that's how Sam was seen on occasion and specifically in Another Mother, you know, how uh, uh, Al and Sam were seen as, as angels to, to help Teresa's family. And, and I think that uh, it's just, it's really nice. And it plays in, of course, to the, to, towards the ending and the final scene between Daisy and Ben as well. Um, but it's our first kind of hint that it's like, she sees, she sees him, you know, she sees him. Sure. And especially now with this new dynamic of both Ben and the Leapy are physically there. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we know now, in hindsight, that Daisy was drugged, like how did that, her being drugged, affect that? Back to the right. mirror scene, where I really thought they were about to go in the mirror image scene, speaking of both oh, yeah. people being there at the same time, when he starts talking about, well, like, you know, I, I need to learn to step back and have faith in things that I don't whatever. I really thought that we were going to go to a place of Ben suppressing himself, and letting Davenport come forward. Right. Or at the very least, at the very least, being able to like hear Davenport. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. if, if not doing that, you know, that there would have been, that they would have literally communicated. Now I will say that I like the notion that perhaps it's left up to the viewer because I don't think that it's wrong to interpret that scene as perhaps that's what Ben did do. Ben did actually talk to Davenport in a way. 
you know, that mm-hmm. it might not have been made explicit for us because then it also gives the viewer the opportunity to interpret it in a way that Ben is basically just talking to himself and trying to figure out things for himself in a verbal fashion. And he has this wonderful device where he can look into the mirror and see another sure. face. And it gives him the opportunity to have that dialogue that he can't have with Addison at the time. So I think that it's nice in a way, almost preferable for me personally, that it's left up to interpretation. Because again, I don't think it's a wrong take for someone to say, man, Ben got to talk to the, you know, to the lead sure. in this episode. I don't think that's wrong. I don't know if I'll go that far. I will say to that point, the way that they shot the mirror image, a lot of times he felt like, even though we weren't hearing his words and they were, uh, I think very wisely, they limited the number of times we saw that actor lip syncing to Randy yeah. Lee's words. But totally. a lot of times when they cut back to him, he was in like, just in his eyes, like he was kind of having a conversation right, with Ben. There was like a not twitch of his words, mouth like, at one point as well mm-hmm. that I really loved because it did. As I was watching, I kind of was like, that wasn't Ben that did that. Like, mm-hmm. that yeah. was that. I felt, like, I, I felt like more than <laughs> once. Like, oh, like, I felt like more than once. Oh, like, we're not seeing, like, yeah, we're not seeing Ben. Like, we, we are seeing Davenport. Yeah. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's an, another moment of comedy that I just wanted to bring up because I was reminded of it is that uh, when... And picks up the book, the um, the exorcisms. He opens it up. It's like, oh, bookmarked. How kind. So yeah. He doesn't have to like look through to find the exorcism sure. page yeah. or whatever. I, again, I thought that that was a really nice moment of levity mm-hmm. um, in an otherwise fairly intense scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's um, before we start making our way to the end, we haven't talked very much about the project. First off, emergencies. Oh God, Mason, I just. Like uh, yes, everything about you is always so phenomenal. Yeah. This episode is no different. The I thought, Ma- ears, yeah, uh, I thought uh, Mason. I thought Mason was hiding in the computer decks. That's what I thought they were doing. <laughs> like, oh God, this is a supernatural thing. Nope, I'm out. Yeah, right. Uh, right, right. I, I I love that they were investigating through Reddit. Me too. I thought that was a wonderful, it was something that I wrote down and it was a nice callback to that sort of missing scene, um, you know, that we didn't get in in what a disaster. And I, yeah, I loved that. And I I love the way that they carried themselves in general in this episode. And I thought that there was some really wonderful interplay with Addison. And, but even more than that, I felt like Ian had a couple of moments where the camera was just on them just briefly mm-hmm. where they weren't speaking to anyone else. There wasn't any sort of interaction happening. And again, there's, there's just stuff going on. There's stuff happening you know, the camera would linger ever sure. so slightly on them after, you know, Addison walked away or whatnot. And it's kind of like, man, like everyone just feels so alive. And mm-hmm. yeah, somebody else that feels alive is Jen. Mm-hmm. I mean, Oh my God. Like, honestly, the little scene that she and Addison have over next to like the rock wall, mm-hmm. fantastic. Jen is phenomenal. Nanrissa is fantastic. I am so loving the way that this character has been built because the first few episodes, I kind of just felt like, okay, like, that's just who Jen is and that's fine. Like, Jen is there to be like our procedural like cop, sure. you know, just playing david caruso and csi or whatever right you know and and i don't mean that literally i mean the actor was clearly better than that but like i I, I think that 
the way that she's been written and the stuff that she's done and the chemistry with everyone, really. I mean, the chemistry she has with Ian, the chemistry she has with uh, Magic, obviously, and with Addison. Just some great stuff. And I loved that scene so much. I loved the dialogue. I love, you know, it was written for her. And I thought she knocked it out of the park. Yeah. So we should talk about, uh, you know, this episode has some supernatural stuff. It has some mystery. You know what it doesn't have? What doesn't it have? Magic. Son of a bitch. You're right. Magic. <laughs> Magic is not in this episode. And it was in this scene between, between uh, Jen and Addison that I realized, like, we're this far into the episode. We haven't seen magic. We're probably not going to see magic. Yeah. I'm fine There's also, that. I love Arnie Hudson. I'm, I'm fine with, if every once in a while, if, if we, if it means we get to focus more on other characters, if sometimes we don't see. Absolutely. I completely agree. I, magic you know, and, and same with, same with, uh, uh, not necessarily touching on Leaper X. You know, a lot, I, I saw some, some conversation online about, you know, well, why haven't we seen Janice or, you know, and this sort of stuff. And it's been, it's like, it's been two episodes, guys. Like, cool your jets, man. What happened Somebody to on Facebook and in a different group, <laughs> not in our group, in a different group. Somebody's like, oh, so I guess they, the, the Janice storyline was a bust and they're just going to. Yeah, they dropped it. It's like, they're like no, just calm, <laughs> calm down. Yeah, it's the thing that's so interesting to me is I, I really want to see the intersection of people that are massively impatient with the development of this television program that are also above the age of like 50 because there's there's actually like a huge intersection there based off of what we're seeing on Facebook and I'm shocked I'm baffled by it because it's just like you come from a time where binging a television show was like not even humanly possible. And, and, and now you're sitting here in 2022 and you're bitching because you haven't seen something in two episodes. It's like, let it develop, let it play out. Like, sure. you know, it, it's not, I don't know. I just think mm -hmm. they're doing such a wonderful job of like crafting this show. It's turning into a show that is just like, don't you dare be missing the show. Like this is the best mm -hmm. show that you're not watching right now. And, 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 and to, to not have the patience to let things play out, to let things breathe, to watch these characters develop and grow. And I mean, it's, it's, it's quite remarkable and, and, and I'm enjoying it so much. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, and, and yet we're still getting hit in the face with big moments, especially mm -hmm. towards the end of a lot of these episodes. So it's like, I don't, I don't know what the hell you're yeah. talking about. Yeah. Anyway. So let's talk about, so Raymond again, um, we get to him demanding the demon to come forth. He gets knocked out. We get the wonderful hallucination scene. Brilliant. With loved him and it. Addison. Absolutely loved it. That was loved. What a wonderful way to lay out a bit of exposition. And get some kisses. And, and, get, and get some kisses. And you get to see, and you get to see Ben and Addison touching each other. How freaking incredible is it? That when Ben hallucinates and is basically talking to himself, in his mind, the smart part of himself that comes out, the part mm -hmm. that helps him figure everything out, is Addison. Yeah. Like, that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. I love it. And it's just is like... Mm -hmm. Get him back to the project so they can make out again. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, just yeah. so they can be together because it, it's uh -huh. really lovely, and I, I really enjoyed that moment um, a lot. And 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 I, it was 
such a turning point for this episode, but I feel like it was also just as a viewer, it was kind of a turning point for me and the level of my investment in their relationship and in the way that Ben perceives Addison and himself to a degree. I felt like it was, I just felt like it was an incredibly strong, powerful moment for the episode and for the series as a whole. I really do. Yeah. I enjoyed it. And then of course he wakes up, goes to call. 911. Oh yeah, yeah. no 911. And this is where we start going down the road of him figuring out that right. that he was drugged. And I called it earlier back before we started getting into the spoilers. As soon as they started going that route um with 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 the maid, Betsy was sitting there watching going, yeah, jid jid Jimson Wood, Jimson Wood. Like Betsy was calling it out like she had it like 2 minutes before Ben did. Yeah. The devil's snare. So yeah. a couple of things real quick, just to, to fill in the blanks here, is that the, you know, Tessa had a fortune that, that mm-hmm. she was going to leave. Sure. It was, you know, when Daisy turned 18, it was hers. Um, uh, and that uh, that the that the will had basically been, a portion of it was hers, rather, that, that the will had basically been rewritten and that um, Tessa's father, Charles, was no longer going to be included in the will because... Mm-hmm. Uh, Tessa was upset with him because he'd lost losing his investment, depression yeah. and lo- losing his investment, which Percy had pressured him into. We find out as well. Percy is a door-to-door encyclopedia salesman. Not only does he enjoy that aspect of it, but apparently he enjoys getting to visit all the lonely housewives during the day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, doing doing that work. Uh, and mm-hmm. um, and then of course we also learn um, that uh, um, again names are escaping me right now because. Uh, uh, we just watched it, but um, Lola, 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 who played, mm-hmm. played by Elise Levesque, which we've not given her nearly, nearly, nearly enough talk because sure. uh, she's great in this episode as well. Uh, just does an amazing job. And um, Lola, of course, um, you know, she at one point has this wonderful moment with Ben where she's like, you know, I think that this is all my fault. Um, Daisy was conceived out of wedlock. And Ben has this beautiful line about like, I don't think God waited 18 years and nine months to punish you. Like, you know, yeah. um, and um we learned that she wanted to be an actress. She wanted to go to Hollywood. She wanted to do all of these things and that she hasn't gotten a chance to do any of that sort of stuff, which obviously is important, comes into play later. Um, and, and again, the family's just very well drawn. The 18th birthday party, things did not go well. You know, Charles was really pissed, uh, stabbed his own daughter's birthday cake with the knife, you know, mm-hmm. poor Daisy. Um you know, there's all sorts of stuff at play here. And uh, everybody kind of seems at odds in one form or another. And of course, when the story shifts, now all of a sudden, we've got a nice drawing room, you know, detective story going sure. on here. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, and, and and Ben is, you know, turned into Perot. And it's it's wonderful. It's like this, it's this, it, I love the way that it twists and, and changes the conventions a bit. Um and 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 everyone's a suspect, right? Uh, except now Magda is not a suspect because Magda's helping him figure things out. And Magda is horrified to learn that she's been the one that's accidentally been poisoning um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Daisy. Uh, Magda uh, helps, you know, Ben figure things out. Ben has this wonderful encyclopedias, the original internet. You know? internet yeah, yeah. <laughs> he uses those to find out, um, like you said, what Betsy called before Ben even got to uh, the Jimson Weed um, devil snare which causes fevers uh and hallucinations among other things and um you know with that information they're able to kind of like put a plan together to figure out to do to to do a nice whodunit here and um this is this is where the episode almost started to lose me a little bit because i wasn't 100 percent sold on the plan of pretending that daisy was dead (laughs) 
order to expose the villain at first i was just sort of like oh my god like lola is bawling her eyes out look what you've done to her poor mother and, and then of course like the the you know mm-hmm. the, the everything unfolds and i was just sort of like uh, okay that's all right that's all right it's like i, I, I i'll buy it i'm on board with it but for there was sure. definitely a moment where I was just sort of like, damn, Ben, that's cold. Yeah. Well, see, I mean, for, from a realistic standpoint, I was like, like holding her breath or at least like breathing very shallowly right, right. You know, to make it believable. But, you know, you know, Sam had the husband fake, fake a heart attack in moments to live. That's right. President has been set. No. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, yes, and I mean, I, 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 I like in an episode like this. It's a very genre episode. Like, it's hard to say. Like, that stretches credit credibility a little bit, but. Oh, no, it was more I think it was just more for me that there was just that kind of a slight emotional disconnect because I was just sort of like, why would Ben put her through this, you know, sort of thing. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's also worth mentioning, of course, that the whole reason that Ben has passed out is because uh, Percy drugged his drink. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. As well, because because Ben, he offered Ben a drink early on. Ben didn't want it. Ben starts drinking it early which is then when he starts to kind of start seeing everything, which is really wonderful the way that they layered that yeah. in. Then he comes back later and before he decides to like, all right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to suppress, you know, all of my fact and my need for facts. And I'm going to go in there as a man of faith. And I'm going to make this happen. And he downs, you know, a big portion of the drink and then goes up. And that's when he yeah. sees everything out. And that's when he, you know, he passes out. He finds a secret passageway as well, which he discovers that somebody has been using that to get into Daisy's room. We don't know whose room that is yet. Um, we find out later, uh, that Percy, it, yeah. yeah, that it was Percy's room. Um, and that he had been poisoned even before with the soup. And that's right. why he, and that's why he hallucinates even in the very first scene. Right. Or the first uh, encounter to have the demon present itself. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so we have, so, so between the soup and the, and the, and the gin, um, and of course the soup is what Daisy's been getting every day. Uh, they figure that out. Ben is, you know, like, how am I going to expose Percy? And then um, we get this great scene where the, like the cops are there finally. Uh, uh, everybody's, you know, surrounded around Daisy's body. And um, yeah, you know, it's just, it's again, it, it, they, they really thread the needle on this when it comes to the balance of like comedy and intrigue and drama. And it, it ends up working out so well that after multiple times during this episode, we're just being, it's so atmospheric and you're kind of creeped out and, 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 and you know, you're having moments where like, or your heartstrings are being pulled on a little bit and, you know, you're getting some of these really great character moments. And now all of a sudden, like, Oh, I'm getting some levity here. You know, I think the, sure. the air is starting to let out. Okay, I can breathe a little bit. And it's really wonderful the way that that all plays together. And as Percy is revealed to be the criminal, Percy also goes on to reveal the fact that he's not alone. And Ben has this great moment where he's like, you uh, say that, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what? yeah. <laughs> like rewind that. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's beautiful. And then Lola, it turns out, and Percy have had a thing going. Mm-hmm. And it's just sort of like Lola. I don't even care that you were crying so much. It's just, you're a horrible human. And, yeah. you know, and so, uh, so, 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 yeah. So my issues that I had with this scene and like not serious issues, but, you know, just like, you know, my, my realistic literal brain, you know, going off here is one asking Daisy to breathe shallowly to like pass off being dead. Sure. But then also as soon as she, she sat up, I was like, that cop's going to pull a gun and shoot her dead. Oh man. <laughs> Ah! oh god um 
like the end of Night of the Living Dead, and they bust in, and Ben comes out from uh, from the cellar, and they shoot yeah. him uh, yeah. because they think he's another zombie. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. No, but you know what? One of the, the the and this is where the the heart of the episode just really comes into play. And there's this incredibly moving moment where Daisy looks right at her mother and says that she forgives her, and mm-hmm. like Lola cannot comprehend that at all. And the cop has this. Like again, in the midst of all of this like heaviness and, and the, you know these wonderful mm-hmm. moments, we get this nice little moment of levity where the cops just sort of like, well, maybe God she forgives. forgives you or God forgives you, but you know, uh, but, uh, the law doesn't, yeah, right, yeah, it takes her takes her off. Uh, yeah. in but even before that, just a wonderful moment. What's the name of the actor's name who plays Daisy again? Carrie Metters. Carrie. Carrie. Carrie Metters. Yep. Carrie. Carrie. Me- Carrie. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> nice. Nice. Like, yeah. Um, but just like the look of heartbreak on her face when the sheet comes down. Oh yeah. Of like yeah. knowing like that her that her mom and uncle basically yeah. were were poisoning her. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. It's I mean, uh Shane Callahan, who plays Charles, who is mm-hmm. Daisy's father, they have this incredible moment where, mm-hmm. you know, prior to this, Charles was really kind of set up to be a bit of a bastard. Like he didn't really like sure. him. He he didn't, you know, it, it, it's like he cared, but 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 he felt very aloof. That moment on, you know, his daughter's birthday when he's getting all pissy over the um, you know, the inheritance and, and, and all this sure. sort of stuff. And part of it is he doesn't want it. Like he says, like, I don't need your help. I don't care. You know, he's clearly having a difficult time. And again, mm-hmm. the subtext of this and the subtlety of it and everything, it's like y- you, you end up having this wellspring of empathy for him when you figure out like, Oh, wow. Well, his wife's been cheating on him with his brother. And in addition to he got that, pressured into an investment, that, he got pressured into an investment that he didn't, yeah, yeah he, he didn't want a judgment. Yeah. Right. And, and, and now what's the one thing that he has left and he looks over and he sees his daughter and his poor daughter there who has this incredible strength of character to be able to say like, you know, what I believe in is forgiveness and forgiving you. So I'm going to forgive you to, to this woman that has done all these horrible things. And he just goes right over to her and gives us hugs. And that was one of the most moving moments of the episode for me. It was just Mm -hmm. really lovely to see that. And, and Daisy being this incredible vessel for all of this. And again, Carrie Metters knocked out of the park because they think that the transition that the character goes on from being, you know, drugged out and hallucinating and possessed by the demon to, mm-hmm. you know, to being now um, back in control of herself and having this lovely moment with her father was, was a really yeah. nice piece of resolution for the mm-hmm. character. And it felt as, you know what it reminded me of? Here we go. I'm going to throw something really big out here. It reminded me of the end of Thou Shalt Not. And the reason why I say that is because it didn't feel like everything was okay, but it felt like it was going to get there. And yeah. I... I'm a sucker for that. Like, yeah. give me those types of endings any day of the week. Don't tie it up with a bow. Just show me the string in the Don't package. tell us how many kids the couple's going to have. <laughs> right, 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 right. You know, and I just, mm-hmm. I loved that. I loved that there was that notion of that. And you got, in, and that continued in the scene between Daisy and Ben, which takes place in Daisy's room before Ben mm-hmm. uh, leaves. and Or before she uh, leaves. Well, before right, she leaves first. And we get this lovely moment where she reaffirms the fact that it's like, I saw, you know, you're an angel. I saw you. I saw a man with dark hair and dark eyes. Yeah. And it's just sort of like, yeah, you're doing it. You're doing it guys. Like whatever you're doing over there, y'all like we're going to get there eventually. (laughs) If someone really at the beginning, I thought they were going to go there. Like from the beginning that, that she saw Ben as Ben. Yeah. But anyway, but speaking of people who see Ben as Ben. 
Yes. So there we so first off, I want to jump back and talk about we haven't talked about the character called the shadow right. in the promotional photos. Yes. Which we got a very clear look of her in in the promotional photos that we put out there. Like people, it just looks like very creepy. And you were texting me, you thought maybe it was Janice and some kind of weird some kind of weird getup or whatever. And now we know it was just like that's just what they had the actor look like on on set while they were filming and they never right. actually showed. No. Um, if, if, there, if there's one criticism I do have of this episode, like I wanted to see more of that shadow. Cause I think there was only like one encounter. There's really, yeah. There's only really one time where it's like visible, like the rest of the times it was, mm-hmm. yeah, it was just, it was a shadow basically. Yeah. Um, and then, so yes. So then, so then Janice breaks through and now we know, what this thing was that she was building the last time we saw her back at the end of uh, the boxing episode, that, that was an imaging chamber. Yep. And Janice is there and she is talking to Ben and she's, you know, my name is Janice Calavici and you don't remember me, but yeah. uh, But I'm here to warn you. And of course, before she can warn Ben leaps. Mm -hmm. Um. So before we talk a little bit more about Janice, a couple of things that are worth pointing out is that uh, there are some really wonderful lines and interplay between, you know, the hallucinating slash possessed Daisy and Ben. At one point, she looks at him and says, the end is nigh for you, traveler. And uh, just, yeah, I mean, if that's not, you know, if that's not something worth picking up on, I mean, yeah, that's that's some foreshadowing. I really thought at some point the demon the the quote demon was going to call Ben by name. Right. I know. I know. That's, I felt like that, that was kind of where it was, where it was leading in some ways. Another thing that, that happened at the project is that one of the things that Addison, when Addison is kind of really struggling and getting, uh, you know, emotional about not being able to be there for Ben. Cause you know, again, it's worth mentioning. She, Addison is not present with Ben from the sure. time she leaves and steps away. Ben does this all by himself. And one of the things that she says to Jen is like, you know, the leaps are getting harder. And how could that not make you think of mirror image? And, and, sure. and, you know, the leaps are going to get harder. And it's, and it's just sort of like, damn, you know, she's not wrong. Like think about everything that he's had to do over the past couple of episodes and how it's been more difficult really. Um, and we're, we're then the there's this, uh, Sure. Go ahead. Oh, you, you may be going down the same road I'm about to go down. Another thing that, that that happened at the project, which is awesome, and I feel like helps to answer some questions. And again, don't know if the writers were writing to a certain you know subset of of, of people on the interwebs or not. Uh, doesn't matter either way because it was awesome. Uh, is that Ian is paying so close attention to the internet and to Reddit about this post that they saw about the um, you know the exorcism and Daisy's death that they see the page go to a 404 not found. Mm-hmm. And that's how they know that Ben was successful. And mm-hmm. it's this really great moment. And it's just sort of like, oh, this is awesome. Oh, but they remember. Like yeah. they know what Ben was there to change. And it reinforces that notion that we've always had. That, like, you know, the people at the project, like, of course they know. Like, of course, like Magic's going to know what Sam was there to change because he's read it because the people at the project probably kept records. And because again, yeah. like, Al, especially, Al probably, yes, Al is aware of the timeline where he and Beth did not get married. Al absolutely remembers his, you know, his five other wives. Like, Al absolutely has all of those, or had, rather, all of those memories. I will believe that until we are told otherwise. And I think a scene like this, a moment like this, where 
you know, Ian and Addison so clearly are able to say like, this is what Ben was there to do. Like in their, in their memories, you know, their, their way of interpreting the timeline and, and, and what's happening. it's like, they're, they're aware of something that now no longer ever happened. And sure. I think that that's just because that's their perspective, their perspective of time. It does not, you know, the quantum leap verse, if you will, time travel has never necessarily worked the way that time travel has worked in like every other, mm-hmm. you know, iteration. I mean, time travel is a little bit different in any piece of fiction that, yes. that, 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 that tackles it. So uh, again, I thought that that was, uh, that that was a really cool moment. Yeah. I thought everything that you said, like, yeah, it kind of tells us how, the effects of what changes are made in the past, how it affects everybody at PQL. It's kind of like more of a definitive thing because we never, because we got like little bits and pieces of that through the original show of how it worked, but like we never got anything like so solidly as, as that right there. Right. What I found interesting, I would love to know like what the, what the conversation was with the writers in the room of what made them decide to do like the 404 page not found versus them showing the same Reddit article, the same Reddit article, but now it was an article about like showing like the resolution of like, Oh, how this woman, how Daisy was almost killed, but then it was turned out she was being poisoned. I love that. That's not the case because for me, there would have been, even as I say it out loud, I'm like, no, that doesn't work. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, why would that be noteworthy (laughs) enough? Right. You know what I mean? Like it it was noteworthy before and now it's just sort of like something that happened. So yeah, I, I I thought that I, I thought that it worked really well. I thought it was a great, great decision. And, um, yeah, man, what a wonderful, wonderful 42 minutes of television. Like mm-hmm. just, I thought, uh, I, I, again, I, I feel like it's their first real iconic episode of Quantum Leap. Um, this is one of those episodes that I think people will talk about, you, you know, for a while to say sure. the least. And, and I think it's one of those episodes that people will want to revisit and have fun with. And I think it's an episode that unfortunately something we have not been able to do will bear a rewatch. Um, I think it'll be worth seeing again, much like salvation or bust was, mm-hmm. um, you know, for, for different reasons. Sure. But I think that this is, yeah. Now, obviously a couple of things about, we don't get any mention of leaper X in this episode. Uh, two things about that we don't necessarily know how episodes were shot and which order that they were shot. Um, it's, it's entirely possible that this one was actually shot prior to salvation or bust. Um, I don't know that that's the case. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't even know if it's worth thinking that that's the case necessarily. Um, but it's possible that that is the case. And if that were the case, then there's your issue. That's it. It's just a production thing. They, they didn't mention it because they hadn't aired that episode yet in their, you know, planning in their mind when they were you know producing this episode. Alternatively, there's just nothing new to report, right? Like that's part of the thing. I know people are kind of like hungry for answers, but we've got 18 episodes, and uh, uh, I just don't think I don't think that it's necessary to hammer us with that every week, right? There's going to be plenty of opportunities to dive into that, and I think mm-hmm. that we benefited from it in a great way because we had this incredibly atmospheric leap that was solely centered on the leap that was kind of Ben Solo for most of it. Acting mm-hmm. showcase for Raymond Lee, who was awesome. Ben Incredible, Sola. you know, writing, superbly crafted episode all mm-hmm. across the board. Yeah. It was, yeah, I had a thought, and then you said something, and then it just let it run out of my mind. It is 1130 now, by the way, when, <laughs> at night when, when we were recording. Um, what was I? I, 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 I well, here, I'll, I'll go, um, I'll go to but, this real quick. 
quick. Go, yeah, go to that. Go to that. Maybe it'll come back to me. So here, so so the leap out uh, we're talking about real quick is that uh, Ben's a kid. That's going to be fun, mm-hmm. and his name's Ben. Yeah. Um, you know, these kids run by him. They're like, Ben, come on. Uh, we see some adults chasing them. They're at a uh, the Sierra Youth Academy, I think yeah. uh, is what it was called. Sure. Um, they they're they're running. They're they're breaking out. Uh, as, you know, I think one of the characters says, "We escaped." They get in a car. They punch it from school. You know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ben's like from school, uh, and they're they're headed off into the wilderness basically. Because as the camera pans back, we just see that there's nothing around. It's not like you know this is going to be like some sort of urban adventure. The name of the episode we already know is Stand by Ben. Uh, clearly, it's going to lean into uh, what is you know one of my favorite movies, Stand by Me. Um, uh, so I look forward to seeing what they do with it. It looks like it's going to be a really wonderful uh, piece in a lot of ways. Um, the production photos that, that have been released online look great. Um, very excited for it, and from what we've heard it gets to be something completely different from anything that they've done up until this point. And something that, you know, apparently might be very different from anything anybody else is doing on the airwaves right now. So really looking forward to next week. One thing that we can say about next week, and this has been confirmed to us, this is an exclusive. Yeah. I'm going to cut you off here. I'm going to tease people. I now remember what I thought I was going to say. Oh, (laughs) what I was going to say earlier. Say uh, Because some people were asking about this on Twitter. Leaper X. Um, do we think that we're going to see some flashbacks and like, was he seen in the earlier episodes? He was right. like hit yes. in the background. Uh, I don't think they actually shot Walter Perez in any of those. I think two things might happen. One, they may show us flashbacks later and show that he was in the background somewhere and in, insert him into shots. Uh, I think the more likely thing is that we're going to find out they're going to pull some timey wimey stuff. And Ben is going to keep encountering him later but from Leaper X's perspective, I've already yeah. lost my train of thought. You know what no, I mean? Sorry. From, they're meeting yeah. out of time. That, yeah, that's something time. I said yeah, last week, yeah. actually, mm-hmm. uh, in, in talking about that, I think, is it, 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 or two weeks ago, maybe, is that, yeah, they could indeed, you know, play with it where, yeah, they're meeting out of time. And so that, you know, from Leaper X's perspective. Um, He's encountered Ben several times before. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Whereas Ben's never seen him before. The next time they meet, Ben will be like, hey, it's you. And, the, and you know, and Leaper X will be like, uh, who are you? You know, I, sort I, of I, thing. I, so, yes. Yeah, so I think that, that that'll be really interesting to see if they do play with that. Who knows? Maybe they won't. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how the, how it all shakes anyway, out, right? sorry. I just, I, I just wanted to, right. to jump in before you drop some a couple of exclusives that we got. I'm glad I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did. Yes. So we can we can drop that. You heard it here first. Um, that uh, episode eight will indeed be the last episode before they take their break. It will be uh, a bit of a break, too. We're not going to see any more Quantum Leap until uh, the new year after the new year. So um, that'll be great for us because it'll give us a lot of time to do some new things. We've got a couple things in the pipeline that we can't wait to share with you. Um, but uh, they will during that break. This is a really cool thing. They will be re-airing Quantum Leap twice a week so mondays in the normal time slot and saturdays at 8 p.m um you'll get to continue to see episodes of quantum leap all through uh their their hiatus there before they come back afterwards to finish up the season with the uh last 10 episodes of the first season and hopefully at some point you know uh early earlier the better we'll hear about a season two order uh from nbc and uh and we'll know we're we're really off to the races and uh it'll, it'll be a lot of fun um we're going to endeavor during the break uh that they have uh we will you know obviously still be 
producing episodes. Um, you know, maybe we'll, we'll take like a week off just to kind of recharge ourselves or whatever. Sure. But, uh, uh, the plan is to kind of, is to keep going and do some more recaps and maybe even, you know, try to get a little bit in depth and, and get some guests on, um, uh, to just, yeah, keep the, the wheels rolling. I wish I, I, you know, I said this to somebody earlier. I wish we had like a million followers. I really do because I want more than anything to be able to go online and just be like, watch quantum leap on halloween night like whatever you do just watch mm-hmm. quantum leap on halloween night like if you can't buy stream it on peacock on tuesday great just watch this mm-hmm. episode because i feel like it would absolutely you know for me i've loved it i'm i'm in obviously uh since day one but like for for anyone who's been on the fence i just feel like this is an episode that will absolutely change a lot of of minds about uh, about the show um and i think encourage people to go back and really and maybe revisit episodes with a fresh set of eyes so um i think it's phenomenal and i'm so excited and and it's great um you know getting getting a, a, a bit of a break here it sucks because i wish we were just going to get more episodes right away right away right away uh but yeah we can confirm that episode 8 will be the last before the break that it will continue to air on Mondays at 10 Eastern nine central and Sundays at eight. Uh, uh, and yeah, it's going to be, yeah. it's going to be fun times. It's going to be fun. So I'm wondering, like, it, it's great that we're going to, they're basically going to rerun the series like so far over the break. Yeah. So it's going to give people like a chance to rediscover the show. I wonder if that also comes from a place that NBC doesn't have a whole lot of programming and other stuff to insert in there right now too. So it's also a practical a thing beyond could that. Be, yeah. But also, um, from a from a fan retention, from a ratings thing, it's very important that we keep all the fans on board when we come back for the for the latter half. Because some people have said, like uh, Ordinary Joe, I think that's a series that they keep comparing Quantum Leap to as far as ratings from last year. That mm-hmm. one of the reasons that killed the show is that when they came back from the long winter break, and like this is a thing that that curses shows now that we have these like shorter seasons and long mid season breaks is that when you have the break in the season, you can lose viewers when you come back. So sure. let's make sure that we keep the chatter going on Twitter, keep everybody on board. And yeah, come in. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I really thought, yeah, I really thought we were going to get a couple more episodes before the break. So kind of disappointed, but then we have more, we have more on the back end and truthfully, uh, it, like it, it gives them more of a chance to, um, to like find their footing even a little bit. Even a little bit more. Right. Yeah, uh, I'd love we, to know. I, I'd love to know what all has been, you know, shot thus far. I mean, I think that at this point that they're that they're only on like episode eleven uh, well, or so we, as far as filming goes. We do know from the well. from the casting notice that went out and that we shared the other day that there is an episode coming up involving uh, a transgender teen named Justice because they're looking for casting for a, a transgender woman. And the shoot dates for like November 11th through 13th, 14th. I'm really glad I, you brought that up, Dennis. And I and I can't remember what episode number that is. I feel like that's eight or nine. No, no, it won't be eight. No, 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 no. Yeah, 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 no so I, I feel like it's like nine or nine or ten, maybe. So that kind of gives you an idea of like yeah. of like where they are on the production schedule. Yeah, could be. Um no, I'm really glad you brought that up. And uh, I'm going to take this opportunity to do something that sometimes, you know, I've done earlier in the episode, but I wanted to save towards the end because I wanted to make sure that we got towards, uh, got through uh, everything about OE of Little Faith. 
But I feel like it's important to mention, and I thought about saying this and how I was going to say this because I didn't want to single anyone out. And I certainly didn't want to make anyone feel bad whatsoever. Um, So I'm not going to be specific and I'm not going to name names because that's not what this is about. However, I think that I use this very gently, but I think that when you when you have a bully pulpit, it's only as good as it is if you use it. And mm-hmm. I, I feel very passionately about what I'm about to say. And it's very important to me. We have an opportunity. We have an opportunity at this particular point in time to celebrate diversity, equity, and inclusion at every turn. And when this casting notice went out, I felt like it was a time for celebration beyond a shadow of a doubt. And I think we shoot ourselves in the foot sometimes when we approach it with a certain smug certitude. And I would love to see us not do that. I would love to see us not bait those that may be opposed to our perspective and our point of view, because we are absolutely never going to bring any conversation worth having to the table if we do that. And the only way we can do that is to continue to celebrate these moments when they happen and to realize that there are people out out there that clearly have our back. There are clearly people out there that are aligned with our way of thinking. And there are clearly people out there that have the intentions that we want so badly to come to the front at the, in their hearts. And, and, mm-hmm. and when we take the time to instead bait other people, it, it's a bad look. And it makes us seem like we're just down there slinging mud and we're cackling and we're, we're, you know, throwing something at someone just because we believe that we know what their reaction is going to be before they've even had the reaction. And it's the reason why Dennis and I have always endeavored in any opportunity that we've had to engage with fans uh, on our social media at all, we try to do it in as considerate and deliberate a manner as possible, because I don't want to go looking for any fights. If those fights come to us, I think that we're well-equipped to handle them. But until they do, I think our job is simply to celebrate this show, to celebrate the things that we believe in, like diversity, equity, and inclusion, and to continue using our voices to uplift and build up those around us and those that we believe in and the things that we believe in instead of trying or attempting to tear anything else down. So I would just ask that if you have the opportunity to do the same, by all means, do it. Mm. And maybe think twice if you're going to head in the other direction. Mm. Everything you just said with one caveat. At this point, if you come griping about the lack of the waiting room, I'm going to get snarky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, everything. God, said, I've seen a lot of, I've seen a lot of the quotes <laughs> recently too about the waiting room. Just like, what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. But Everything you just said, I, I do agree with that. And um, I, I do know which comments that you were talking about. And and I will say that when I first read those, like I was kind of tempted to go down that road too. But then like, oh, that you know, like you said, and somebody else like called it out on the thread. It's like you're kind of um you're kind of taking like this, like this like smug point of view, like what what other people are gonna think. And it's just like It's understandable, but there's a difference between like things you say in a private conversation and things you say in a public forum. Yeah. If that makes sense. You know what I mean? Um, I would rather believe in hope, you know, mm-hmm. the hope that, that, um, that those expectations are not going to be met. And I think the only way to pursue that course is to not throw those expectations out for all to see. 
Mm-hmm. Sure. I understand where those expectations get, come from. <laughs> I get that, but yeah, let's, um, you know, because what I, what I will say is I, I have seen, um, I've seen a lot of posts on Twitter talking about while we're on, or we're speaking of um, gender issues and transgender issues right now that, you know, a lot of people didn't truly understand like the idea of transgender or non-binary until they saw Mason Alexander Park in the yeah. show and it, and it, and it kind of clicked for them and they got it. Worth noting, by the way, that not all non-binary people identify as trans. Change, I was going to say, I was going to say the same yeah. thing. Yeah. That, 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 that's, that's the thing. They're of, not, they're not interchangeable. It's they're not. Like, I mean, there are some people non-binary and transgender, like they consider themselves, like they consider that interchangeable, but not everybody considers that interchangeable. So, you know, case by case, like be, be aware of the language that you're using because like, you don't know how people like identify and like what terms they prefer. Yes. Excellent point. But um, more broadly to that point, what I'm trying to, it's like, instead of like going down the snarky route that, that you were just talking about is like celebrate, like, you know, this episode that they are going to be doing upcoming with the character justice, like that gives an opportunity to, to educate people and bring them in. And a, a lot has been said, it's been pointed out on Twitter that we have not seen really any social justice issues addressed so far in the new series. Yeah. Or if it is, it, it is very lightly. And, right. I th- and I think that they are very aware of what they are doing. So I think even when we get to the episode, when we are just very upfront and center dealing with not just a transgender person, but a transgender teen, which is such a, a huge point of polarization right now in this country yeah. and conversations that we're having, especially to do with athletics. Cause I, if I remember right, like justice is an athlete. Yeah. Right. I think of, yeah. yeah. So, so we are like, you know, we're just like hitting on a very specific thing. I think the writing team is going to be coming at it from uh, a way that is compassionate, a way that educates, but also it is not going to be a hit you over the head thing. It's going to be a nuanced portrayal and I'm very excited. Excellent. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I, 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 yeah, I think that I I have a lot of faith, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I, I think, yes. So I am, I'm, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that episode. And like I said, like the, the conversations that we can have, uh, of coming from, there's a lot of value in normalizing things that are unfamiliar with us yes. by talking about them as if they are normal, because that's what they should be. They should be yep. normal. So there's that, a way of why representation matters. Exactly. So there's a way of, of approaching it like that. And then, right. you know, say, you know, and there are so many things like there are like, I, I don't even engage with, uh, with folks online who, who definitely come from a bigoted point of view. Cause, mm-hmm. cause we've said, cause we had someone recently, they commented on one of our posts and they didn't like come right out and say it, but it was very, it was a, it was a, it was a bigoted comment in relation to Mason. Didn't even address it. Once every couple of weeks we get a comment on our blog uh, the way our settings, I have to approve comments before they actually appear. And I don't even, I don't respond. I don't approve them. I just delete them. So, right. um, 
because sometimes I feel like if you are coming at it from that point of view, there is not a conversation that we are going to have through talking through the internet that is going to change yeah. your mind. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't have a succinct way or an articulate way to wrap all my thoughts up there, but yes, uh, everything you said, like I, I'll just yeah. make an awkward segue if you want me to. Sure. Go ahead. <laughs> we have so another thing I want to talk about that I saw online recently. It had to do with the parentage of Addison. And mm-hmm. I love seeing all these theories. I really do. Um, but I just wanted to throw out there that, you know, sometimes a cigar is just a cigar, right? Like I don't believe that Addison's hesitation to talk about her parents um, who, you know, she talks about a little bit more in this episode. Uh, funny enough. I don't think that that's any sort of like, signpost that her parents are Sam and Donna, like somebody, you know, theorized or whatever. Sure. I just, I think that no, she just has parents that she has a weird relationship with. That yeah, they and, they, and they briefly touched on it in they, this episode. Yeah. 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 You know, and, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it will come out that, you know, her parents are in somehow involved with the original project or something like that. But I, I just, I think that, I think it's very important to, you, you know, always try to temper those expectations when it comes to connections um, to the old show, getting too steeped in the mythology, because then everything just becomes, uh, you know, an Easter egg. Everything just becomes a piece of fan wank. Everything becomes a piece of like, you know what I mean? Like it's not, Mm -hmm. it it starts to, it starts to just feel uh, gratuitous and there's a term for it. And I cannot think of it right now uh, because it's, you know, almost midnight, but uh, I, I, I feel like I would much rather just see like the human drama of her parentage unfold as opposed to it have to be this other big piece of the mystery. Now, if it is great, but like, yeah. So, so, theorize away go for it but again just temper the expectations because it could just be that no she just doesn't like to talk about her parents much because she had a difficult relationship with them for whatever reason sure. um so yeah uh yeah. the other thing oh good i'm gonna say yeah to that point like you know we already have the the janice and al and beth right connection. we have the magic connection i feel like if you start making too many more connections like that it's just going to jump the shark right right in a weird way so i don't need yeah. any more connections like that but to that point like i also realize that part of the fun of a show like quantum league is getting to theorize about totally. the things that you don't know i mean i was thinking about the other day like one of the things that i loved about it as a kid like they did not go into into the details of how the project worked and that's one of the things that i love thinking about when i was a kid i was like like how exactly the project works right. so um you know i'm all about yeah having fun and, and theorizing and uh you know, let, let people have their fun and, and don't yuck anyone else's yum. As far as that, let people let 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 people believe what they want until until they get proven otherwise, and we and we shall see. Yeah. Anyway, the other thing. Speaking of yuck and yum, uh, I am late to the party, uh, but I just recently started watching She Hulk, which I mentioned earlier in the show, and I love it. I think it's fantastic. I, I I just don't understand anyone that seemed to apparently have a problem with it. I imagine that a lot of those people didn't even watch it. That's fine. Uh, I just think it's phenomenal. I think that um, Tatiana Malinsky is just, uh, I massacred her last name. Uh, I'm really sorry about that. Uh, it's phenomenal. I mean, just out of this world, great. Uh, and one thing I want to talk about too is about special effects. Like, 
Special effects in this episode, I think, are great, for instance, right? In OU Evil 5 and Quantum Leap. I, I just, again, expectations are a weird thing. And, and sometimes I wonder, it's like, what, what, what exactly are you expecting from special effects these days? Because some of the complaints I hear, I'm just sort of like, I mean, it's a special effect. Like, if it didn't look like a special effect at all, I'd be a little scared. I'd start to wonder if my <laughs> sure. reality was my reality. You know, I mean, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm being, you know, flipped. But I, sure. I, I don't know. Anyway, I really love it. So anyone who's listening to this that hasn't had the opportunity to check it out since we've talked about the MCU a little bit before when we were kind of trying to figure out what we were doing before we knew we were getting more Quantum Leap, uh, uh, we talked about some of the MCU shows and everything. And uh, I think it's great. And I, I just think there's a lot to love about it. Um, I love that it doesn't take itself too seriously. There's some... Uh, fourth wall breaking stuff in the episode oh, sure. which I just love uh, which are of course a callback to the classic comic book as well but anyway I just loved it and I know uh, that apparently it was it was a little divisive and um, sure. I'm shocked a- but I'm not shocked <laughs> yeah. how far how far are you into the series I think I'm only four episodes in like four episodes in. Yeah. You know, I will say like in the latter half there were some special effects shot that even like, oh, okay, I can see the cracks in the special effects. And more mm. broadly, like people are complaining, not just She-Hulk, but more broadly, like Marvel is churning out so much content oh, right sure. now. And that, uh, from what I understand, like, I don't know if this is like, like how true this is, but there's the belief that there aren't enough special effects people working for Marvel so that people so that the team that they do have is overworked. Yeah. And so And so some corners are cut. I can see that. The one valid criticism i've i've seen of the series and i hadn't really thought about it until they pointed out it was like it's really hard to wrap your head around that jennifer walters has trouble getting dates <laughs> and dating successfully outside of she hulk i don't know i was like yeah yeah back in the 90s it was like every supermodel that i saw get interviewed on like any show whatsoever would always talk about how they couldn't get dates because people were so intimidated to approach them so maybe it's like that sort of thing so maybe it's maybe isn't that it's, funny? That's what the '90s wanted you to believe. Right? That's what like, the '90s like, like. Attractive people always had trouble getting dates because people were just too intimidated to come up to them or something. The '90s, know. the '90s wanted you to believe that Subway was healthy. Hey, Amen. And that Chadler Bing was charming. Oh, Matthew, Matthew, Matthew. <laughs> that's a whole leave Keanu, leave Keanu yeah. alone. Yeah, uh, no. that's a whole anyway, thing. all right, we, so, we've anyway. jumped the shark. Uh, so <laughs> let's, <laughs> you know what hasn't jumped the shark is Quantum Leap. And yeah. uh, I am just so thrilled with what the creative team uh, has been doing. Um, y'all are great. And I think that one of the things that's so weird about doing this podcast, the way that we're doing it right now, is that we talk about episodes, you know, in such close proximity to just viewing the episodes once. And upon rewatches, sometimes new things unfold to us. And I know that I wasn't super jazzed uh, about what a disaster and while i do believe that some of the criticisms that i had still hold that upon the rewatch i enjoyed it uh so much more and i think that part of that is too is just like you know there's no pressure about having to talk about it later right um and uh and and, and i i think that i i said this on last week's episode that all in all i thought the episode was a great success and an enjoyable episode um But it's always interesting, you know, and one of the best things that happens out of this podcast and continues to happen are the conversations that we get to see take place within the fandom, Uh, whether that's, you know, uh, uh, on our Twitter and response to messages uh, or on our Facebook or whatever. It's so cool to see the conversations that are happening around it. And one of the reasons why is because it helps to alter, you know, my perspective. And that's, again, that's the reason why representation matters in general, right, is that you can have a perspective altering moment. And so I've just been loving seeing all these conversations. And speaking of which, um, I will single some people out. Lauren and Janelle, you guys had 
an awesome conversation uh, uh, on our Twitter thread, uh, Twitter thread, talking about the impact of, of Sam's leaps, the impact on Al's life, the, the the memories that they retained or didn't retain. I love seeing stuff like that. I was tempted to jump in. I was that was kind of the day that I think I was sickest, and so I didn't actually jump in. And I'm glad that I didn't because I just loved getting to see it unfold and loved seeing the conversation that y'all had. So thank you so very much uh, for that, and thank you to everyone that continues to engage and have those conversations because it's just so cool to see. And I want this fandom to continue to thrive and you know as quantum leap goes forward i just want to see it get bigger and bigger and more exciting and i love seeing the people that are coming to the show for the first time that have never seen quantum leap before ever ever before like your mother-in-law and uh Mm -hmm. uh yeah so so thank you for that thank you all so much and um what else you got i will say say one more note i'm glad you brought up about like our criticisms of what a disaster because there was another comment made and i can't remember if it was facebook or twitter this last week but we were both kind of critical of the whole uh the, like the flashback sequence and the phone call yes. back to back to whatever and somebody posted and i'm i'm not sure if they were if they were saying this in response to our criticism or if they were just saying this in general about the episode but they said that they themselves as an asian american who whose story very much is similar to ben's story that they found that whole story quite moving Yes. Um, so it was kind of a, a check for me of going, ah, yes, it's important to know other people's perspectives on that. Absolutely. Like, like for us, like we were able to like, you know, like see the cracks in it and, uh, and not appreciate it as much for someone else who, uh, whose story is much like us, less like ours and more like Ben's. They found that incredibly moving. One other thing somebody mentioned too that was a wonderful bit of perspective is that they were incredibly moved and saddened by the fact that Ben didn't get to have the conversation that like Sam got to have, you know, mm-hmm. and 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 that like what what happened for instance when Ben leaped out, you know, what 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 did that conversation look like? And uh, it just yeah, again, just great pieces of conversation. And I think that you know the important thing to to remember, and I hope that people know this from knowing us, but if you don't know us, that like we never think of our like words about this show or the classic series or anything for that matter, or the final word. Like we sure. have no approach of any sort of like certitude, for instance, uh, uh, about, you, you know, what we're saying. Um, we're comfortable with being wrong and I'm sure we are plenty mm-hmm. of times. Um, we just, you know, we just got incredibly lucky talking about a show that, that we loved when we were kids and now it's back and we continue to talk about it. And, people continue to listen. And for that, we're grateful. Uh, but yeah, we hope that we can maintain, you know, humility and, and, and that people understand that, that, um, nothing we say is, is the final word by any stretch. Like we just want, if anything, we just want our words to kind of be the beginning of the conversation. That's why we want to produce our episodes in a manner that we can get them out right after the episode's over so that people can listen. And then we can be like, all right, let's all talk. Um, I will say, yeah, yeah, along those lines and I promise listeners there'll be the final thought. We'll start wrap up. We're like, we are so this podcast is, How is this, this, even happening? this podcast. Like, let's just do a quick one to get out of here. This podcast is we are, we are the epitome of the Midwest. Goodbye. Anyway. Um, uh, back in the nineties, uh, entertainment weekly magazine, there used to be a, uh, a regular column where one of the, the movie critics would answer letters from, from readers. And, Somebody asked, I can't remember the, the, the critic's name. She was a woman. Uh, somebody asked the critic, uh, what makes you think your opinion about mm. movies is better than anybody else's? And her response, 
has always stuck with me. And I think it kind of applies to what you were saying right here. Like her response was like, I don't think my opinion about movies is better than anyone else's. My job as a reviewer is to articulate my opinion in a better way than most people could, or in a better way than most people want to take the time to. So I think that that's what, you know, like I said, sometimes like when there are conversations like with, with Lauren and Janelle on Twitter or, or what I think, like, I don't interject myself into those conversations. Like, just cause like, I don't, sometimes I just want to sit back and read. I don't feel like interjecting myself and I don't want anybody, like we said, I don't want anybody to think that I'm coming into a conversation and thinking like my opinion matters more than anybody else's. It's just, we have a fun little platform here to, right. to talk to people and some people actually like listen to me. I, like, I know, oh. right? <laughs> I sat down at a at a at a restaurant table in a hotel uh, with a guy named Yoshi. He's not listening, but if you are Yoshi, hey, uh, and uh, he is a part of a very successful long running podcast. Um, and he and I were talking, and this is uh, before, right before I, I think uh, maybe it was about a year before we started um, Fate's Wide Wheel, and it, it was fascinating because. I had no intention at that particular point in time of doing a podcast. I had no mm -hmm. intention whatsoever. It was, it was a year before we started. And now I remember. Mm -hmm. um, but for some reason, he just started talking to me, not in a way of, of like, this is what doing a podcast is like for me, but in a way of like, literally he was like instructing me, like maybe it was Sam or Ben and they knew that we were going to do this podcast. And, <laughs> you know, uh, because, because Yoshi was sitting there and he was like, he was like, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's kind of a weird situation sometimes. And you, you put yourself out there and you talk about it. And the most important thing to do is to just be as authentic as you possibly can be and, mm -hmm. and, and say what you mean and, you know, approach it in a way that some people are going to like it and some people aren't. And, and that's, you know, all you can do is be you and, and sure. do what you do. And you and I had a conversation off mic right before we started where it's like, you know what, we just got to keep doing what we're doing and not worry about you know, anything else that's, that's going mm -hmm. on. Um, and, and so, yeah, so if anybody's out there thinking about starting a podcast, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think, mm -hmm. and I think that that's just true in life in general, right? Like you really, you have to endeavor to be as authentic, uh, to yourself as you possibly can be and not worry too much about what anybody else is saying or doing. Um, and in this instance, it means that we get to have some really cool conversations with some really cool people and continue to do that. Nice. And, uh, and yeah, we're just really grateful for that. And and it's one of the reasons why it's so much fun to to maintain that social media presence. Um, you know, even if I was gonna try to make some sort of weird supervillain analogy, because I know with Bezos, like everybody tries to call him Lex Luthor, but I can't even sure. think of like what to call Elon Musk. So anyway, uh I don't know. Yeah. Before before I, we I, do I, anything I, else, I have stupid. I have the walnut grove image in my head, and so that's what I'm sticking with. That's what right. I'm sticking with nice. right now. Oh, yeah. I, Michael Landon, he is mentioned in that queer, uh, um, queer for fear documentary, by the way, because of, I was a teenage werewolf. Uh, uh -huh. and, anyway. Um, so, uh, Oh, you know what else? Some, oh no, I can't. Yes, I will. Just real quick, real quick. Good night to your heart is one of my favorite episodes of the classic series. And one of the things is, is that we know that there, uh, was certainly a, a piece of the fandom that, that, um, LGBTQ in particular did not appreciate that episode in particular in retrospect, because, you know, 
the lesbian character was portrayed as like this psychopathic murderer and stuff, um, which I, I completely understand. And, and it was a refreshing perspective to have, um, you know, put forth to me. But one of the interesting things about this Queer for Fear documentary is that they talk about basic instinct in one of the episodes. And hearing some of the, the queer creators uh, that are interviewed talk about that movie was fascinating to me. It made me think of Goodnight, Dear Heart. And it made me think of something that you said, actually, uh, a while back, where, you know, there were some lesbians that were just so glad to see lesbians on the big screen that they didn't give a shit that they just happened to be murderers you know it was just sort mm-hmm. of like in fact there's one one of the one of the people in the documentary was like i thought it was kind of hot and i just, just i love that and it was nice mm-hmm. again to have that different perspective because of course there were other crew creators queer creators that were interviewed in the same documentary that did take issue with it, that did sure. remember their friends like going to the picket line to boycott the film because they thought that the representation, it's like, well, if you're going to represent us, at least let us have some creative control, right? Because it's like a man's right. directing and a man wrote it, you know, all that sort of stuff. Uh, and it's like, absolutely right. You know, I'm nobody to say anything different from that, but it was also kind of nice to hear that it's like, there's place for differing degrees of perspective everywhere you know um anyway that's neither here nor there it just made me think of that i wanted to throw that out there we should really get the hell out of here we should get out uh, here. Yes. thank you to everyone that has stuck around this long uh let's continue the conversation uh we appreciate you so so very much we'll be back next week to talk about stand by ben um but in the meantime should we say it you say it sure okay fine leap responsibly leap responsibly all right take care y'all bye Can't see.